Portions of the day's programming are reproduced by means of electrical transcriptions or tape recordings. Good day, listeners. Welcome to Locked on ACC for Tuesday, March 24th, 2020. I'm your host, Brian Wilmer. I'm from FB Schedules and College Hoops Digest. Glad you're here for another day of Locked on ACC programming. I want to remind you very quickly before we get started, you can contact us via Twitter. We are at Locked on ACC. You can also email us, LockedOnACC at gmail.com. If you have thoughts, takes, voice memos, whatever else you want to share, please feel free to share those with us. Also, you can follow me individually on Twitter. I am at Sports Matters. Not all ACC stuff on my personal Twitter, but follow along nonetheless. Another tournament throwback for you today, and there's a little bit of a special reason behind this one, too. I was talking recently about one of the first tournaments I ever attended in person. That one just happens to be 10 years after the one we did yesterday. So, ladies and gentlemen, to the car. Now that you're all in and seated, we take you to 2003, 17 years ago, the first NCAA tournament I was ever a part of in person. And as you know, with these shows, we take you back to the year in the life kind of look at 2003 before we take you to the tournament. So a few significant events of 2003, February 1st, the Space Shuttle Columbia crash over Texas. March 12th, the World Health Organization issues a global alert on severe acute respiratory syndrome when it spreads to Hong Kong and Vietnam. That also would be SARS, as you likely remember, and kind of timely considering what we're dealing with now. March 20th, the Iraq War begins, and December 13th, Saddam Hussein captured by the U.S. Army. So some somewhat disappointing But significant events of 2003, also significant in 2003, some disappointing celebrity deaths. January 12th, Morris Gibb. January 23rd, Nell Carter, late of Give Me a Break and a number of other wonderful things of which she was a part. Kurt Hennig. For those of you who are WCW and WWE aficionados, you'll recall Kurt Hennig. Johnny Paycheck, the legendary singer of Take This Job and Shove It fame on February 19th. Mr. Rogers, Fred Rogers, passed on February 27th of 2003. June 12th, Gregory Peck, famous actor. June 29th, Catherine Hepburn. June 30th, Buddy Hackett. July 4th, Barry White. Everybody remembers Barry White. July 6th, Buddy Ebsen. Legendary from Barnaby Jones and Beverly Hillbillies and a number of things. August 9th, Gregory Hines. September 7th, Warren Zevon. September 12th, Johnny Cash. September 22nd, Gordon Jump. The legendary Mr. Carlson on WKRP in Cincinnati. I'll also tell you, if you've ever worked in the radio industry or ever wonder what it would be like, WKRP in Cincinnati is about as dead on as it gets when talking about the radio business. Maybe not so much now, but... At the time, absolutely. Robert Palmer, 
September 26th and Warren Spahn, November 24th. So a number of significant celebrity passings 17 years ago. The top three songs from 2003. Number three, Sean Paul's Get Busy. R. Kelly's Ignition Remix, number two, which spawned a number of memes later down the road. A hilarious Dave Chappelle skit and a number of things. And 50 Cent's In the Club, number one in 2003. Top three movies from that year, as far as grossing worldwide. Number three, The Matrix Reloaded. $742,128,461, Finding Nemo, second, $871,014,978, and the number one grossing movie and the Best Picture Award winner, The Lord of the Rings, The Return of the King, $1,120,929,521 in the box office in 2003. Quickly, your ACC season summary for 2003. Four teams in the NCAA tournament. The standings as they finish the season. Wake Forest, 12-3 in the league, 25-6 overall. Maryland, 11-5, two games behind them, 21-10. Duke, 11-5, 26-7. NC State, 9-7, 18-13. Then, listen to this pile up. Georgia Tech, 7-9, 16-15. Virginia, 6-10, 16-16. North Carolina, 6-10, 19-16. Clemson, 5-11, 15-13. And Florida State, 4-12, 14-15. Your All-ACC teams, Player of the Year, Josh Howard of Wake Forest. Rookie of the Year, Chris Bosch of Georgia Tech. All-ACC First Team, Edward Scott of Clemson. Dante Jones from Duke. Steve Blake from Maryland. Julius Hodge of NC State and Josh Howard. The second team, Vitas Danilus of Wake Forest. Tim Pickett of Florida State. Travis Watson of Virginia. Chris Bosch, Georgia Tech. Drew Nicholas of Maryland. Third team, B.J. Elder of Georgia Tech. Raymond Felton of Carolina. Chris Duhon from Duke. Ryan Randall from Maryland. And J.J. Redick of Duke. Your all-ACC freshman team, Justin Gray of Wake Forest, now a Winthrop assistant coach. Rashad McCants of Carolina, J.J. Redick from Duke, Raymond Felton from Carolina, and Chris Bosch from Georgia Tech. Your all-defensive team, Justin Gray, Rashad McCants, J.J. Redick, Raymond Felton, and Chris Bosch. There, folks, your ACC standings, superlatives, winners, etc., etc. The ACC Men's Basketball Tournament in 2003, Greensboro Coliseum, the host, the 50th anniversary of the ACC Tournament, Nine teams, as usual. The 8-9 game, Florida State. The 9 seed beats Clemson 72-61 onto the quarterfinals, where the Seminoles would fall by 8 to Wake Forest. The 1 seed, 69-61. NC State over Georgia Tech, 71-55 in the 4-5 game. Maryland falls to North Carolina, 84-72 in the 7-2 game. And Duke over Virginia, 83-76 in the 3-6 game. The semis... NC State beats Wake Forest 87-83, so the four knocks off the one. And Duke beats Carolina 75-63, so the three beats the seven, setting up NC State-Duke in the final. And the Duke Blue Devils win their 14th ACC championship. Mike Krzyzewski, his eighth, 84-77, the Blue Devils over the Wolfpack. Daniel Ewing, your tournament MVP, 
from the 2003 ACC tournament. So you've been set up around the ACC, around the world. We'll come back, take you through the NCAA tournament and the Final Four from 2003. This is Locked on ACC. Stay where you are. Back in a minute. Welcome back to Locked on ACC. Tuesday, March 24, 2020. We are firmly in 2003. We've taken you through the world in 2003 and the ACC regular season and conference tournament from 2003. Now on to the NCAA tournament. The sites for the 2003 tournament, the first and second rounds, the Ford Center in Oklahoma City, the Huntsman Center in Salt Lake City, the RCA Dome in Indianapolis, which is a monstrous venue in which to hold the first and second rounds, just saying, the Spokane Veterans Memorial Arena in Spokane, the BJCC Arena in Birmingham, the Fleet Center in Boston, the Gaylord Entertainment Center in Nashville, where I was, and the St. Pete Times Forum in Tampa. The regional final sites, the Midwest, the Triple H Metrodome, Hubert H. Humphrey Metrodome in Minneapolis, West Arrowhead Pond of Anaheim, East Pepsi Arena in Albany, and the South, the Alamo Dome in San Antonio. We also had a play-in game that year that was in Dayton, as usual. So we've told you where the tournament's being played in 2003, now on to each individual bracket. UNC Asheville, your play-in winner in 2003, They went on to face Texas in Birmingham. Texas, the one seed in the South. The Longhorns beat UNC Asheville 82-61, beat Purdue 77-67, and beat UConn 82-78 to advance on to the regional final in San Antonio. Now, who would Texas end up playing? That's a whole other question. The first game... In the bottom part of the bracket, featured a game I attended and a game where Drew Nicholas did something special. Here's how that sounded on CBS when it happened. Blake, who thought he had beaten the buzzer in a game against Notre Dame this season from midcourt. He wants it and he needs it. Nicholas, the senior, with two seconds. Here he goes for the win. Nicholas has done it. Maryland on to the second round and a most heroic finish. That Jim Nance and Billy Packer on CBS. Drew Nicholas, the Maryland guard, hits the game winner for six-seeded Maryland to knock out 11-seed UNC Wilmington 75-73. Maryland would advance on to take on Xavier, the three-seed, who beat Troy in that same regional 71-59 in the first round for Xavier. Then Maryland beats Xavier 77-64 in Nashville. Maryland would then advance on to San Antonio in the regional semis, where it would face seven-seeded Michigan State, who beat 10-seed Colorado and two-seed Florida to get to that point. Maryland falls to Michigan State 60-58 in that regional semi. For the Terrapins that day, Steve Blake Drew Nicholas, your only double-digit scorers. Nicholas with 18, Blake with 11. The Terrapins, 20 of 54 from the field, 37%. Just 2 of 16 from 3, 12.5% for the Terrapins in defeat. Only 
three double-digit scorers for Michigan State as well. Paul Davis, 13. Alan Anderson, Maurice Ager with 10 apiece. The Spartans, 22 of 56, 39.3% from the field. Six of 17 from three, 35.3 in the 60-58 Michigan State victory over Maryland. Michigan State would then succumb to number one Texas, 85-76 in San Antonio, Texas, on to the Final Four. Now to the East, where you had two ACC participants. But first, the number one seed in that region, Oklahoma, playing in Oklahoma City, they would advance to the regional final. We'll tell you about them in just a second. Wake Forest, the two seed. We'll go to the top half of the bracket first. NC State, the nine seed, playing in Oklahoma City. And the Wolfpack would be bounced by Cal, 76-74, in the first round of the NCAA tournament. NC State trailed 39-36 at the half, came back, tied it at 66 to end regulation, and then fell 76-74 in overtime. Four double-digit scorers for the pack. Marcus Melvin, Josh Powell with 17 apiece. Scooter Sherrill with 15. Julius Hodge, 14. The Wolfpack is 25 of 56, 44.6% from the field. 9 of 21 from three, 42.9%. And 15 of 20 from the line, 75%. Cal, conversely, had four double-digit scorers as well. Joe Shipp, 24. Gabriel Hughes, 14. And Richard Midgley and Brian Weathers, 11 apiece. Cal, 27 of 64, 42.2% from the field. 7 of 20, 35% from three. So NC State, the first ACC team in the East to get bounced. Oklahoma would then go on to beat Cal, 74-65, and beat 12th-seeded Butler, 65-54, to go to the regional final in Albany. The bottom half of that bracket, Wake Forest, as I mentioned, the two seed, survives a scare from East Tennessee, 76-73 in round one in Tampa. Then, after facing Auburn, who beat St. Joseph's in the first round, Auburn in the 10 seed, St. Joseph's the 7, 65-63 was that decision. Then Auburn beats Wake Forest, 68-62. So both ACC teams in the East bounced after round two. Justin Gray, 26 points for the Deeks in that game, 8 of 15 from the deck, 5 of 9 from 3. Josh Howard with 14 for Wake Forest. Those were the only double-digit scorers for Wake. Wake led 38-34 at the half, then got outscored 34-24 in the second half. Wake Forest, 18 of 49, 36.7%, 8 of 23 from 3, 34.8%. They were 18 of 21 from the line, 85.7%. Four Tigers in double digits. Marquise Daniels, 18. Lewis Monroe, 12. And Marco Killingsworth and Brandon Robinson, 11 apiece. Auburn, 24-56, 42.9% from the field. Four of 19 from three, 21.1%. And 16 of 20 from the line, 80% for the Tigers. Then, if you go back to that regional, Syracuse, the three seed, beat Manhattan in Boston, 76-65, then beat six-seeded Oklahoma State, 68-56. Syracuse would then go on to face Auburn in Albany. Syracuse, 79, Auburn, 78. Then Syracuse beats Oklahoma, 63-47 in Albany. So the one seed bounced there, and Syracuse on to the final four. So we have two of our final four participants already in the books. 
We'll go ahead and take the final break of the program. We'll come back, tell you about the other two regions, and set up the final four for you. You are listening to Locked On ACC, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Back in a minute. Welcome back to Locked On ACC. Tuesday, March 24, 2020, we are in the middle of a tournament throwback to 2003. We've taken you through the South and the East, where Texas and Syracuse made the Final Four out of those regions. Now on to the Midwest, from Nashville, Spokane, Indianapolis, Boston, etc., etc. Kentucky, the number one seed, the Wildcats defeated IUPUI 95-64 in Nashville, then faced nine-seeded Utah, who had beaten Oregon in the first round. Kentucky 74, Utah 54. Then on to Minneapolis for the Wildcats, where they would face fifth-seeded Wisconsin, who had beaten 12-seed Weber State and 13-seed Tulsa to get there. Kentucky, the six-point victor over Wisconsin, 63-57. On to the regional final for the Wildcats. In the bottom half of that bracket, Missouri beat Southern Illinois 72-71 to advance to the second round, the 6-11 game. Marquette over Holy Cross 72-68. Marquette, the three-seed, advances. Indiana over Alabama 67-62 in the first round in the 7-10 game. And second-seed Pitt beats Wagner 87-61. So Marquette then faces Missouri. The third-seeded Marquette club beats Missouri 101-92 in Indianapolis to advance to the regional semi Then Pitt beats Indiana, 74-52. So Marquette and Pitt in Minneapolis in the other regional semi. Marquette 77, Pitt 74. So it's third-seeded Marquette and top-seeded Kentucky in the Midwest final. Marquette 83, Kentucky 69. So the buzzsaw Kentucky again knocked out Marquette, your third Final Four participant from 2003. And then to the West... We've already had one now ACC opponent or foe, however you want to label it, brought up in this thing. We'll bring up another one in just a minute. But the final ACC team in the 2003 tournament sent to the West, Duke, the three seed, sent to Salt Lake City. More on them in just a minute. Arizona, the one seed. The Wildcats beat 16th seeded Vermont 80 to 51 then beat ninth-seeded Gonzaga 96-95 in a classic game. If you get a chance, go back and find that game somewhere online. I think it's still around. But go back and find it if you can. It was an incredible game. Arizona then faces Notre Dame. Mentioned another now-ACC team. They were not at the time. Notre Dame had beaten Milwaukee 70-69 in the 5-12 game, then beat Illinois 68-60 in the 5-4 game. Arizona then defeats Notre Dame 88-71 in the regional semis in Anaheim to go on to the regional final. Then to the bottom of the bracket, Duke, the three-seed, as I mentioned, best 14th-seeded Colorado State 67-57 in Salt Lake City. The Blue Devils then move on to face Central Michigan, the 11-seed, who beat six-seeded Creighton that year. They won that game 79-73. Duke then beat Central Michigan 86-60 to advance to the regional semi in Anaheim. The bottom half of that bracket, Arizona State 84-71 over Memphis in the 10-7 game, and Kansas beats Utah State 64-61 in the 2-15 game. Kansas then throttles Arizona State 108-76 to advance to that regional semifinal where the Jayhawks would face off with Duke. 
Kansas 69, Duke 65 to set up a chalk regional final. In that game, Duke had three double-digit scorers, Dante Jones 23, Daniel Ewing 13, Chris Duhon 12. Dante Jones 9 of 22 in that game from the field. He was 4 of 7 from 3, however. Daniel Ewing 5 of 12. J.J. Redick in that game, 2 of 16 from the field. He was 1 of 11 from 3. Redick had 5 points. Duke 25 of 65, 38.5%. They were 10 of 26 from 3, 38.5. Just 5 of 8 from the line, 62.5%. It's not all that common when you see a Duke team get limited to 8 free throw attempts, but it happened against Kansas that year. Two double-digit scorers for the Jayhawks, Nick Collison with 33 on 14 of 22 from the field. And Keith Langford had 13, 5 of 17 from the field. The Jayhawks, 29 of 67, 43.3%. They were 1 of 12 from 3, 8.3%, and 10 of 17 from the line, 58.8%. Kansas then beats Arizona, 78-75, in the regional final in Anaheim to go on to the final four. So you had an ACC adjacent team in the final four, not an actual ACC team at the time, but they are now. You had a one, a two, and two threes in the final four in New Orleans. Syracuse, the three seed facing top seeded Texas, they sent the last remaining one seed home, 95 84, the Orange over Texas. Again, that first national semi in New Orleans. In that game, Syracuse led 48-45 at the half. They emerged victorious. Carmelo Anthony, 33 points for the Orange in that game. 12 of 19 from the field, 3 of 4 from 3. Jerry McNamara, 19 points, 6 of 12 from the field. Hakeem Warwick, 18 points, 6 of 11 from the field. And Josh Pace, 12 off the pine, 5 of 6 from the field. The Orange, 32 of 56, 57.1% from the field, 7 of 13 from 3, 53.8%, and 24 of 31 from the line, 77.4%. Texas, with five double-digit scorers, Brandon Mouton had 25, he was 9 of 23 from the field, but 5 of 9 from 3. Brad Buckman, 14, James Thomas, 13, and TJ Ford and Brian Boddicker, 12 apiece for the Longhorns. Texas, 27 of 63, 42.9%, 10 of 21 from 3, 47.6, and 20 of 32 from the line, 62.5%. So Texas sent home in the first national semi. The other one, Kansas, all over Marquette, 94-61. Kansas in that game led 59-30 at the half and really never looked back. Five double-digit scorers for the Jayhawks. Keith Lankford, 23, 11 of 14 that day. Better day for him. Aaron Miles and Kirk Heinrich, 18 apiece. Michael Lee, 13, and Nick Collison, 12 for the Jayhawks. They were 38 of 71 from the field, 53.5%. 8 of 19 from 3, 42.1%. And 10 of 17 from the line, 58.8%. Marquette with just three double-digit scorers. Dwayne Wade, remember him? 7 of 15 from the field, 1 of 1 from 3 at 19. Robert Jackson, 15, and Scott Merritt, 12, for Marquette in a losing effort. Then on to the national championship. Syracuse 
takes a 53-42 lead into the interval. Kansas outscores them by eight in the second half, but Syracuse hangs on for the national title, 81-78, the Orange over the Jayhawks. Four Orange in double figures. Carmelo Anthony with 27 of 16 from the field, three of five from three. Jerry McNamara, 18. He was six of 13, six of 10 from three. Billy Edel in 12. Keith Dwayne, 11 for the Orange. Syracuse, 30 of 63, 47.6% from the field, 11 of 18 from three, 61.1%, and 10 of 17 from the line, 58.8%. Four Jayhawks in doubles of the seven that played. Nick Collison, Keith Lankford, 19 apiece. Kirk Heinrich and Jeff Graves, 16 apiece for the Jayhawks. Kansas, 31 of 71 from the field, 43.7%. 4 of 20 from 3, ouch, 20%. And the really painful one, 12 of 30 from the line for Kansas, 40%. Collison, 3 of 10. Graves, 2 of 7. Langford, 5 of 10. Ouch. In a game where you lose by 3 points in a national championship game to go 12 of 30 from the line. Man. Your all-tournament team from 2003, Carmelo Anthony and Jerry McNamara of Syracuse, Keith Langford, Kirk Heinrich, and Nick Collison of Kansas, and amazingly, no ACC players on any of the all-region teams. Not a very heavy ACC-influenced tournament, but you heard the reason why I brought it up. It was the first tournament I saw in person. There was another one I saw in person very early on, and we might have to do that one tomorrow. We shall see. Again, if there are any tournaments you want us to cover in a tournament throwback, tweet us at LockedOnACC. Send us an email, LockedOnACC at gmail.com. Or you can tweet me individually. I am at Sports Matters. If you have a certain tournament you want us to include in this tournament throwback feature. But for now, that brings to a close. Locked on ACC for Tuesday, March 24th. If you like what you heard... Tell your smart speaker to play the latest episode of Draft Dudes, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Thanks for joining us. I'm Brian Wilmer. We'll see you back here tomorrow. Be safe, be kind, be good. Until tomorrow, this has been Locked On ACC. Take care. Love you. Mean it. (laughs)